Welcome to the Thirsty Dog Strength Faster Podcast on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am your co-host, Paul Hudrick, and I am joined, as always, by Seamus Clancy. And we're going to start with the great news, the terrific news. Your Philadelphia Eagles are 2-0. Jalen Hurts looked like he was electric. He was incredible. Uh, every superlative I could think of was Jalen Hurts last night. As was Darius Slay, which we, you know, have come accustomed to at certain points as a as an all pro performer at certain points of his career. But really, just an overall really impressive win. 24-7. They take it at home, Monday night football home opener. Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins it up in the second half, uh, very much so. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, but I gotta say, it was fun. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know you and I are the same in that when we watch games a lot of times, it's not it's almost not fun in a weird way because Correct. we're just so Correct. on edge and we just are are analyzing everything and looking at everything and scrutinizing everything so hard. Last night was a game like I couldn't tell you the last time I had that much just pure joy and fun watching a Philadelphia Eagles football game. If you're an Eagles fan, the probably the last time a game felt so stress-free uh, by the midway point at halftime was the last time I had a night game against the Vikings. That was the type <laughs> of energy that was present in the stadium last night, and that was the type of performance that was present. And you think specifically you have those Darius Slayton interceptions. What does that remind you of? Patrick Robinson. You have that gigantic deep ball from Jalen Hurts to Quez Watkins. What does that remind you of? Nick Foles to Alshon Jeffrey down the scene too. It was as... Perfect as a night the Eagles could have asked for. I think it was any concerns were reasonable going to this game, specifically with the defense. Thinking, I mean, we were talking about it last week. Absolutely. Vikings could have, they could have scored 40 points, I think. Not necessarily last night, but in theory, the way Justin Jefferson is, the way Kirk Cousins is a really good regular season quarterback, not necessarily a guy you want to play for your team in January. But hats off to Jonathan Gowden. Hats off to that back seven. Great, great game by the back seven. Everyone there, Avante, Slay, CD, TJ Edwards is the best linebacker on this team. Nicole D, no slight to him. They don't really need him at this specific point in time, given what they're getting out of Kaiser White and Edwards. And maybe it's kind of a pseudo red shirt year for Dean, especially he's kind of dealing with some injuries, getting his body acclimated to the pro game. It says nothing about his future in the NFL. I think he's going to be a very good pro, specifically with the Eagles too. But they have true depth on the back seven that they really just have not been accustomed to. And really, since the Andy Reid era. I mean, to have legitimate NFL linebackers, right? I mean, they haven't, frankly, like they haven't had that in a really, really, really long time. And they've taken all these chances on kind of these low-cost free agents, and none of them have worked out. Um, Nate Gary, I just I still have nightmares about watching Nate Gary play linebacker for this team. Now you have I saw Edwards. a Kiko Alonso jersey at the game uh, last night, a Nike yeah, one, an official one. Uh, sitting uh, in the press box, my first regular season game was in the press box, which is an experience fun. in itself. But you have yeah. the, the club suite people sitting in front of you. If you have a uh, club suite tickets, I'm just saying you probably have Upgrade. some some dough in your life. You have <laughs> you have some money. And that's people like I, I have this thing about jerseys and fake jerseys. I would never wear a fake jersey, specifically, you know, for a Philadelphia team. If you're a fan, if you're in college and you're, you're wearing like a fake Hakeem Olajuwon jersey, that, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine to me if you're just darting and doing stuff like that. But if you're an Eagles fan, specifically going to the game, you're spending probably close to two hundred dollars on a ticket. Now, I'm not saying you need to spend an extra hundred dollars on a jersey. You don't have to wear a jersey, but don't wear a ten dollar jersey you bought from AliExpress that looks like <laughs> I made it in my basement. Just go to go to literally. You could get an Eagles T-shirt 
for about $15 at your local Acme, just a generic T-shirt, a generic long sleeve shirt. Just wear that. And then especially you. when you're on national TV, they're showing the fans there. And I'm like, this, this. I remember one time the Eagles tweeted, oh, these are our fans of the game. They went on the road. They were playing in Washington one, one week, one a couple of years ago. It's like, these are our fans of the game. They showed up here in Washington. It was the fakest Jerome Brown jersey <laughs> I've ever seen with my own two eyes. I love it. But Kiko Alonso, man, that name, that name does not feel good to hear in my in my ears. Um, because yeah, but now you have TJ Edwards, who you already alluded to, looks pretty darn good. Uh, he, he had the he, best he, training camp of any player as someone who went to all but two or three training camp practice. I'm not just talking about best player on defense, best player overall. I think relative to expectations. Obviously, AJ Brown looked awesome. We know AJ Brown's a superstar. That's a little bit different. Yeah, sure. But for a guy who we think or people thought. Hey, seems like an okay starter. He was an undrafted rookie free agent, played pretty well last year relative to expectations. But the expectations are changing right now with the way he performed this summer and the way he performed specifically last night. Dalvin Cook, we were all talking about how much yep. the Eagles should be in fear well, get there, of yeah. Justin Jefferson. Dalvin Cook was shut down. John Taffer getting bar rescue, shut the F down. That was the situation they <laughs> Six had. Six carries, 17 Cook yards last night. Last night. Alexander Mattinson stinks too as their bat. He's the most like, oh, you should draft this guy in the 15th round of your fantasy league for the last five years. Two carries, uh, eight yards. <laughs> yeah. Credit to that, that linebacking unit. And it's, I feel like I've almost got a uh, retro reptile Philly sports brand. I'm like, yes, they, they need actually to have good linebackers now. Now it's actually important. Well, and uh, like, and you know, I talked about like the, the failings of free agent pass at linebackers. Kaiser White can play. Um, and I know he's Book the trends. A, a lot of people, um, you, you're talking about TJ Edwards and how good he was. A lot of people, they were in the same breath, right? Like a lot of people that were there at training camp said those two guys stood out. Like, and I saw, I know uh, Bo Wolf uh, does his yearly where yeah, it's a great ask everyone for their for their bet, and a lot of people mentioned both TJ Edwards and Kaiser White on there. And to have two NFL caliber linebackers is just something this team has not had. And then to your point, to have Nicobe Dean kind of waiting in the wings. I mean, that's that's a tremendous situation to be in right now. So that's, it's, it's very exciting. Uh, I definitely want to talk more about the defense in a moment, but we got to talk about Jalen hurts first man of the um, hour. Man of the oh week. my goodness. I mean, I, I was of the belief and, and I'll listen, I'll come clean. I'm never one of these people that like hides from, from takes or how I felt about things. Like sure. if I said it, I'll, I'll stand by it. I was all in on like the idea of maybe getting Russell Wilson or a, an established guy that we view sure. as like a top five, top 10 quarter. I was all in on that notion. Do what you got to do and figure the rest out. Now that's not to say that Harry Roseman didn't necessarily maybe try that. And oh, he didn't certainly work out. did. But... Right. Um, but this approach, giving Jalen hurts the keys for one more year and giving him the optimal amount of talent surrounding him and say, okay, Here's we have we have you you have an elite offensive line, arguably the best offensive line in the NFL. You have a, a great young up and coming tight end. You now have a true number one wide receiver in AJ Brown and a guy who might be a true number one still on a lot of other teams in Devontae Smith. You have a, a, a deep threat in Quest Watkins. Something that's underrated. You have a number four wide receiver in, in Pascal who's actually not bad. You know what I mean? Like uh, to have He's, that. Like depth. what if J. Jaw could do that blocking stuff and was also like uh, if you combined <laughs> Greg Ward with J. Jaw and like he had that. like a tad more juice, a tad yeah. more flair there. Right. And so like Pascal, I think that depth is huge. And then the running game to have Miles Sanders, who is another guy that we, I think we should talk about a little bit. Who's 
you know, two solid performances to start the season. Boston Scott is a nice little complimentary back. He's done his thing. Gainwell is kind of up and down, but you see the juice there. He's got to figure out the – he was a really successful pass catcher in college. I loved him coming out of Memphis. I feel like Memphis is the low-key – uh, RBU a little bit. That's yeah. flies on the radar because it's an underrated school. Anderson Pollard football yeah. school. Yeah. Uh, but the the hands and that was an issue in the summer with him. I'm a little disappointed what I've seen from. I thought last season going into the 2021 season there might have been a situation by week 12, week 13, Gainwell was RB one. That's certainly not going to happen from what we've seen this year. And Miles, I've never been someone who's the biggest Miles Sanders believer, or and it's not necessarily a a statement about who he is as a person, his personality, what he is as a teammate. I just feel like the the talent never matched production quite, but these first two weeks, it's exactly what you want to see from him when you have an offense that's predicated on Jalen Hurts' ability with his legs. And that's where increasingly seeing it's also going to be predicated on the way he can throw the ball downfield, whether it's 15, 20 yards on the field or a 53 yard barn with the Quez Watkins. Like for me with Hurts, like just to get back to him is I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I came like, I'll, and you and I have talked about this before. He is the most – he's so easy to root for. He's the most likable athlete ever. Um, I, I i went into the season not knowing whether or not he is the guy, but rooting for him very hard to be the guy because I would love for him to be the QB one, to be the franchise quarterback, to be that guy because he's such a good dude. He works so freaking hard, and I think that is what I'm seeing is – the first half alone, there were probably a handful of throws where I looked at. It, I was like, he doesn't make that throw last year. Nope. He might not even nope. attempt that throw last year. Um, he's getting more confident and comfortable in the pocket. He still has his moments where he gets a little jumpy and he maybe looks to leave the pocket a little bit sooner than you would like. But he's just so athletic and, and he makes so he, he's those draw those those backbreakers on third those those third down plays where they think they have everything covered up and he just jaunts and gets seven yards and just extends drives. It's I, I saw someone compare him a little bit to Steve McNair. That's very Ooh. lofty. Yeah, that is lofty because Steve McNair was awesome. Um, but even Steve's I a little can, taller, but I yeah, uh, I might steal that cop. Let's see yeah. how it goes. I, I, not I think mine. Russ I think Russ was the original one. I Russ thought is a good one, pretty good one too. especially the way the Eagles, you know, kind of coveted that they they've been looking for Russell Wilson since 2012, right? That's <laughs> right. they treated that for Carson Wentz. That's why they Felt like they couldn't pass on Jalen Hurts because of the way they passed on Russell Wilson. And obviously this offseason literally tried to trade for Russell Wilson. Right. And there are um, two parallels to me um, to Donovan McNabb in, in a way, uh, you know, didn't start right away, but got, you know, got got some time yeah. to, to one end one season. You know, um, not was was not necessarily the guy the fans wanted. Right. Because the same yeah. could be the, I think I will again, I'll own it. I had a very adverse reaction when they drafted Jalen Hurts because I didn't get it. I didn't get you paid. It says nothing about Jalen Hurts. It just didn't make sense at the time and exactly. the way things change in two years. Right, Crazy. right, right. Uh, it's incredible, right? Um, well, that's the thing. Even Howie Roseman in his wildest dreams did not think this guy was going to be the guy he was going to hand the keys of the franchise to, right? Like he drafted him anticipating, okay, this will be a really good backup for Carson Wentz on the cheap. That was the vision, right? Like it wasn't yeah. to be the franchise guy. So just to see the way he's turned himself into this to now where he is the franchise guy and how he has improved as a passer. Um, I mean, you were in the building last night and just, just your thoughts on, on Jalen, uh, Jalen Hurts performance overall, just read the numbers out. So we got him 26 of 31, 333 yards, uh, one passing touchdown, one interception, which was a little bit, uh, you know, maybe no, I wouldn't say it's his fault. 
No, not I mean, maybe he could have just thrown that at yeah. the ground a little bit, but no, I'm not going to kill him for that. 108.7 rating, 11 rushes, 57 yards, two touchdowns. The second touchdown of which was absurd. Oh, he's an incredible athletic and he's just so damn strong um as we all know the 600 pound uh squat he is a strong strong man uh but just your overall takeaways from his performance on monday night uh as soon as the game was finished on phillyvoice.com i published an article saying that that was jalen hurts's best performance as an nfl quarterback i finished it up with this and it's it's hearkening back to what you just said about what it was like when they drafted jalen when the eagles drafted jalen hurts the second round the 2020 nfl draft the best case scenario for him was to never throw a pass in the NFL, right? The best case scenario was Carson Wentz, as he continues to have a successful career, is healthy that way he hasn't been in the past, and he's just the guy for forever, and Hurts stays here for two or three years as a backup, and then they bring another backup in. Two years makes a hell of a difference because the best case scenario now for Jalen Hurts is to be on a parade float going down Broad Street. Two years. Imagine telling yourself that week three of the 2020 <laughs> season, as yeah. the Eagles seem to be unraveling in front of our eyes, that in two years' time, not only is Jalen Hurts going to be the starter over Carson Wentz, but he's actually going to be the guy, I think, especially after last night. I have a lot of, uh, I'm sure everyone, he's a divisive figure in, the, in terms of the fan base, who likes him, who doesn't. I've had people that were uh, vehement, Hurts the tractors text me last night. Someone has been, you know, pretty pro Hurts since he took over in 2020, relatively to the rest of the media, I think. And they said, I'm in. He's the guy. I'm a believer now. And I saw a lot of Facebook statuses from, you know, friends in the neighborhood growing up, uh, family, friends, people that, you know, might have been out on Jalen Hurts completely or were still mad about the Carson Wentz leaving and not being here. That's as convincing as a performance you can have. And the fact that it comes on Monday Night Football with the national spotlight, that's a national coming out party for Jalen Hurts. And you saw today because he leapt up to third in the MVP <laughs> odds on draft today behind just uh, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. He is now plus 800. So 10 bucks to win 80 before this season. I saw it at either plus 1800 yeah. or plus 2200 in that range. Wow. And he two did games. it too. He, he did it too against the Vikings team that completely shut Aaron Rodgers down. And yeah. Done. Um, and it's just, it, there is an element to this offense. I think overall where it's, it is a pick your poison situation. Now, now that it's like happy, learn how to putt. Like we had to rearm Jalen Hurts. Love like it. he learned, he learned how to throw the football and it, he's seeing things. It seems like so much faster getting the ball out faster. And if he doesn't, he can, he's great at doing stuff off script. Or he's great at just using his legs and going and getting it. And then their just regular running game is still outstanding. So all of these elements, um, to couple with arguably the greatest offensive line in the league, I, I, it's a really difficult team to stop. Here's what I love, too. Uh, as I'm looking on this list, I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different receivers last night. Caught a pass. Nine different guys caught a pass. And then I love the widers. I love the, if you, uh, I'll include Goddard in this. You have Goddard, yeah. five catches, 82. Devontae Smith, seven for 80. A.J. Brown, five for 69. Quez, two for 69. Very nice. And a touchdown. Um, That's a evenly spread offense that is balanced. Um, And then, and then again, like, talk about the rushing yards. You have Hurts with 11 carries. Miles Sanders with 17. Boston Scott with four. Kenneth Gainwell with seven or two. 
and then all of them a, a decent yards per carry. Uh, like this is a well balanced attack, and like I, I don't, I know that there are going to be adjustments. People are going to see some stuff, and they're going they're going to make changes, and they're going to throw different stuff at Jalen Hurts. But I, like I, I, I have to say that I am in that in that camp where I think I am a believer. I think this is the guy. I mean. Is he the guy for the next decade? I don't know. Cause as you you've already talked about how fragile that is with Carson Wentz, because I was pretty convinced he was the guy for the next 10 years and he obviously was not. But he so this has, two year window. This two yeah. year window with the roster, this is it. Like you right. have to be you can be comfortable yes. with this guy with on Kelsey his salary, with Lane Johnson with the versatility yeah. there, with the way the aging curve is on the rest of the roster between the Super Bowl holdovers and the younger guys like AJ and C D and all those guys coming up. It's really the perfect storm right there, right? It really, and like one of the guys that we have to talk about as well, who who fits into that window is Darius Slay, who looked like absolutely looked like big play, all pro Darius Slay last night. He was everywhere. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think the the official count was like four pass breaks up breakups. It felt like like ten. And it felt like he should have had five interceptions, and he winds up with two. One that he yeah, was at his post game presser. Uh, someone asked. Uh, how many interceptions should you have had? And he said, I should have had three. I should have had three. <laughs> and I think someone else joked that he should have had five. I think it might have been Jalen. Someone asked Jalen about it afterwards in, in the auditorium. At the I line, believe but... James Harden told him he should have had four post game. Um, okay. which is yeah, that was a nice, that's a nice uh, little SB Nation synergy crossover energy yeah, right there. Love it. With, yeah, uh, it was. It was nice. I mean, all the stars were out Bryce, Reese, Harden, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Keenta uh, Brunson was there. He was there. Um, a bunch was of the Don Phillies Staley were there. Who's that? Don Staley. Was she there? I don't know if she was I there. I know she was. she was rocking her Eagles gear. That's when it had been. I think she was just gassing him up on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, but a bunch of Phillies were there. I think Maton was there. Brandon Marsh was there. Uh, Bryson Stott. They didn't have they Bryce... didn't have the Bryce Harper seats, but you know. But no, man, it, it was it was cool. I think we're back to 2017 within terms of the temperature of the city. Hmm. The place to be every week, if you're just a casual Philadelphia, even if you're not a huge fan, is tailgating on Sundays. Like that's the new thing. Like uh, the way I was a little young for it, and I think maybe you could speak to it a little bit more. Was because I'm old. Yeah. 2000, yeah. Well, the two that I wasn't like okay. drinking age and partying age. I right. was, you know, late grade school, early high school. That 2007 to 2011 run, I feel like summer night, Friday night, the place to be in town was to go have a couple of drinks before the Phillies game, go down there for two, three hours, and then go out in the city afterwards. That was the archetypal summer night in Philadelphia during those four or five years. I, I yeah, think we're getting that's... back to that where this, what are you doing on Sunday? Even if you're a casual fan, you just, you know, you're someone who just likes the vibes, likes to have fun, throws that. The I think the the Philadelphia version of like the, the dark Navy Yankees cap is just the, black dad hat with the really small throwback like kelly green arrow logo just throw that out walk down to the tailgate crush some beers have some drinks have some food uh that's the new energy in the city right now there's i don't want to say they're necessarily the 2017 team and confident in that but just the being around the team a little bit it, this isn't a normal feeling i would think someone gets from covering a team there seems to be a special factor here and i think like aaron sipas running <laughs> running down yes. And, and tackling Huge Chris play. Boyd, that is a 2017-esque play in the sense that I don't care if you're the number one guy on the roster, you're the quarterback, you're the superstar, defensive end, whatever you are, or you're the 53rd guy who's the holder and the punter. 
he's making a key contribution. You know, to paraphrase Jason Kelsey, it's the whole damn team. Love it. Yeah. Love it. And you know what? The most vibe thing, like the, the greatest in, in, encapsulation of the vibes, wasn't just that Bradley Cooper was there sitting in the owner's box, clapping away. But I don't know if you saw it. He was wearing a sweet Allen Iverson throwback. Oh my God. Team. Yeah. It was and so I'm sad. like, dude, this is like, this is it. Like this, this is, this is, this is our moment. Like it was just, it was a beautiful thing to watch. Uh, but to tie back into the team, uh, you know, uh, not only was Darius Slay great, you already mentioned Jonathan Gannon, a guy we have to give him credit, man. I mean, that's after hey, I, I was man. so worried Hats after off. week one. That's off. Yeah, tremendous. Um, I, you know, he showed more pressure. Um, and not only that, I thought just the defensive line I thought was better. And well, the the last episode we I, I brought up the fact that you know a lot of these guys, the veteran guys, didn't really do anything for preseason right like they didn't play in preseason games they did some of the joint practice stuff so i expect no real tackling right i expected week one was going to be a little rough there was going to be some soft spots but i thought week two was more indicative and not only that you have the home crowd it's monday night football so i think they were just not to say they weren't into a week one but it's just a lot more juice they were a lot more in the flow of things already having a game under their belt so i think that was huge um you know, Fletcher Cox got a sack. I think Josh Sweat got, Josh Sweat got a sack late in the night. Uh, Kirk Cousins was at, by the end of the game was legitimately just throwing the ball up, like he was just getting pressured and just heaving it. Jeff, Jeff, Justin Jefferson down there somewhere, like that's what he was doing, and it didn't work out very well. Um, well I believe the stat was, uh, well, I know for sure when when Slay was covering Jefferson, he had more. He had two interceptions, and Jefferson had one catch. So that's There's how more, it was that. He had more uh, Darius Lee had more receiving yards last night. And if you want to flip it that way, then Jalen Rager did, I think that's really funny. Well, I think I appreciate you for that segue because I want to talk about Jalen Rager a little bit, because for me, I know the crowd was really fired up and they got their booze in and that's okay. I get it. Um, get your booze in. It's fine. That's 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 your right. And it's but like. As long as you're not just, being malicious, something oh, that's sure. inc- yeah. like incited like threatening violence or something that's you know related to someone's family members Stick or racism, homophobia, yeah, sexism. If if anything, if it's not that, I think fans are allowed to say whatever they want. Yeah, if there's like kids around. You could say anything without dropping f bombs around kids. You're not saying something that's you know ignorant or you know an ism, so to speak. One hundred percent. So I'm I'm fine with them going after them. Yeah. You know just verbally in terms of booing and stuff like that. That's part of the game. There, the Vikings ESPN writer, Kevin Seifert, I think is his name, has been having a, a meltdown pooping in his diaper for the last <laughs> uh, 16 hours about players booing Jalen Rager. Who cares? You think yeah. the Eagles like are the only fan base that I was just going to say gets that. into fights. Like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to do the stereotypical thing. Like, Oh, if that happened in Philly, could you imagine a reaction? Like, yeah, I get that. But like, he was a first round pick. Who was disappointing, and that in itself, that person's probably gonna get booed a little bit. But it seemed that the way he carried himself those first two years didn't take much accountability for some of his failures. Didn't seem like he was working at least publicly to get better the way some of the other players in this league and some of these players in the team have. And his social media presence and the way he acted certainly, certainly turned a lot of people off and made him increasingly less sympathetic figure. He's an NFL 100%. player. He's an NFL player. He's doing something better than 99% of, you know, people in the country are doing in terms of maximizing their lives and talents. That's great, but he's a public figure. He's allowed to be booed. As long as no one's saying, you know, saying anything truly, truly inappropriate, 
who the hell cares? And, you know, I thought the best moment in terms of what the fan reaction was, was late in the game. Eagles are out for blood. They're still up 24-7. You know, that they know the wind's coming and they punt down a regger and he gets absolutely wrapped up by like three dudes on the punt <laughs> return. Probably gets one or two yards at most on the return. And that was a real like, damn, this is what I'm missing out now. Not that he's the reason him leaving makes them an unbelievable team now. It's not like that but just uh, really shows the disparity of some of the things the team had been mired with the last two years. And not to just throw it all on regular, but there's a fresh energy on the team, especially at wide receiver where they don't feel compelled to force feed him the ball. Yeah. It, I, I'm glad you mentioned it about the Vikings writer because the way I feel about it he is could be a nice guy. I have no sure, idea. Might be the nicest act, guy in the world. Right. He was just acting really weird on Twitter. Um, and I never understood why, beat writers get like that uh, uh, with some guys like that. Like, it, well, cause here's, here's what it is. Um, Kirk cousins contract is going to end. Some other poverty franchise is going to pay him to be their starting quarterback. Most likely when his, ter- when his term is done, See, he, he feels like a Pete Carroll signing. <laughs> oh my God. But could you imagine the next, or maybe, a re- maybe a reunion with the uh, commanders. Um, but could you imagine? Oh my God. The next time. That? Kirk Cousins comes into Minnesota as an as an, a, a, an opponent a, as a visitor. You're gonna tell me that that guy's gonna get cheered? Come on, thousand percent, hundred like, emoji. That's exactly like, what it is. Like it's 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 a it's an absurd take to say like oh why should you boot like first of all it's, like it's fun said, it's just it's a dumb sport that people involve their lives in. They pay 100%. money to go to a game. Players are getting paid money to play there, to be entertainers. This is the world. This is our life. This is how we make a livelihood. This is how, you know, people's lives literally revolve around how this team performs <laughs> with our favorite sports team performs. That's why we're both in a great mood today. Someone. Booing someone is the, it's fine. There's nothing inherently wrong with doing that. Doesn't make you a bad person. Doesn't, you know, make an entire city a terrible place to play. It's just fun energy going to the game as long as, again, Saying for the 500th time, as long as you're not doing something ignorant or inappropriate or sexual or racist, homophobic, sex, sexist, all of those things, who the F cares? Yeah, have at it. I'm with you. Like, yeah, I- I've never understood why everyone gets so up in arms about booing. Like, we're everyone that's there is a paying customer. They could do what they wish as long as they're keeping it within the, the like you said, the confines of, of, of you know, the normal person etiquette and not doing anything that's crossing any lines. People that's, understand that. Like the, the lines are like, do you know what I mean? Like, Oh there's yeah. There's a difference between, yeah. I don't think we need, like I'm ex- trying to hedge with myself. No, but people I, know I, what we're talking about. No, yeah, no, yeah, I get yeah. you. And, and I think everyone who know w- w- has followed us for long enough would know yeah. that's clearly where we're coming from. Um, But yeah, booing is booing. It's fine. I, for me, like it, it became such a, like not even second, like it, it became such a sub, 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 subplot for me because Hertz was so good, because the defense was so good, because they were so thoroughly dominant, because this suddenly looks like a team that has a chance to start off this season on a really good note on it for a really nice stretch here. We're going to talk a little bit more about that, the schedule ahead and how good of a start we think this team can actually get off to. But we're going to take a quick break. More on the Thirsty Dogs Drink Faster podcast right after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. All right, we are back. And Seamus, last time you brought up the fact that this Vikings team looked like the best opponent the Eagles were going to play for, for quite a bit here. And looking up and down the schedule or over the next, like, what? I think it's like eight weeks or so. There are many, many, many winnable games. Uh, <laughs> I've gotten some 10 and 0 texts. Yeah. I mean, I think I've that's where a lot of people texts. are, which is wild. Uh, that doesn't mean that they could go 10 and 0. It doesn't mean they're going to win the Super Bowl. They could finish, yeah. you know, 12 and 5 and lose in the first round. It doesn't mean anything. But possible. the way the schedule is set up, they should really be able to go in that Packers Sunday night game. At worst, I'll t- I think if you're an Eagles fan, you'd take seven and three. <laughs> Gladly. <laughs> but I think it's really realistic to go at least eight and two in that yeah. stretch. Yeah. And just if you have home field advantage, look at how they played when a lot of people are counting them out this week and that atmosphere. Look what happened the last time they played Vikings in a similar atmosphere. The Eagles don't win the Super Bowl if they don't have home field advantage. If they play that Falcons game, they play the Falcons in Atlanta that game. They're losing. If they play them in Minnesota, who knows what happens that game? Maybe Nick Foles isn't the Nick Foles we all think he is now. If they're able to own this week's soft stretch of their schedule, they are really setting themselves up for a chance. Admittedly, very, very weak N- NFC. We're getting into like early 2000s NBA with the disparity between the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. <laughs> that feels like what's happening right now between the AFC and NFC. But luckily for Eagles fans and the team itself, they are in the lesser conference and they really are. It's going to be a battle between them and Tampa Bay to get that number one seed and Hey, I still think Tampa Bay, as long as you have Tom Brady on your team going in the postseason with the, with the defense they have and some of the skill guys. I know Chris, Chris Godwin's missing some time. Mike Evans is going to be suspended. But once you get that core nucleus back together, you can't bet against those guys. But if it's a situation where the Eagles get the first seed and come conference championship weekend, Tom Brady's coming to Philly, that's not an automatic win for TB12. Man, just thinking about that is pretty wonderful. Because I I... I... Obviously, Brady's never played a playoff game in Philly. He's probably played, I can remember, at least two games he's played in Philly. But that might be it. 2003 and 2019. I know they played in New England in 2015. Some other games I'm missing there, but obviously never a playoff game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just thinking about, like, having that thought, because I agree with you. I I think it's them in Tampa. Uh, I don't – the Packers are just really, really underwhelming through two games. Um, for some reason, people liked the Saints. I don't know why. I they, they stink. stink. Like yeah, obviously, that's my good. like it's been my running bit for a long time, and it's certainly drawn from my, you know, journalist. Now I have to say those things, but more so in my time as a fan, they've lost to the Saints three times in the playoffs, and you know, uh, there are certain things as a uh, someone who grew up going to Catholic school. If you Google the <laughs> New Orleans Saints Archdiocese of New Orleans, you'd have you'd see some interesting things on there. So that's that's something I'd. Maybe recommend checking out if you wonder why. Maybe I'm not the biggest fan of the Saints. Also, like I hate Taysom Hill, like the way he's talked about. I think Jameis, uh, there's a lot of off-the-field stuff that gets really pushed under the rug with him. That's really uh, weird in the current climate of how we talk about athletes, the way I think we should talk about athletes. I'm with you. Uh, So I just – so out on this team. Jalen Hurts, he's the the redemption. He actually owns the Saints the way Nick Foles felt like uh, he got owned by Drew Brees and the Saints now. Actually – Jalen Hurts might own the Saints. And what I love, speaking of owning the Saints, they own the pick. 
That first round pick, baby. Let's go. Dude. Keep stinking it up, um, Saints. Keep going, Jameis. Eagles fans must have been sick in week one yeah, when the Falcons was. blew that 16-point lead in the fourth quarter. Yep. Them going down 0-2 with the Eagles being 2-0, people are going to be like, okay, the Eagles are getting a top five pick. They're getting Will <laughs> Anderson from Alabama. They're adding him to Jonathan Gannon's defense. Oh, that's coming on the heels of a Super Bowl parade. That's what people would be thinking right now. I love it. And maybe it still happens. I really don't think they're a maybe. good team. But the, one of their benefits for them is they're playing in a poor division where they have four very, very easily winnable games between Atlanta and Carolina. True. Um, although it didn't it didn't look very easy or, or winnable in week one for a very oh, long time. Oh, yeah, gosh, just on, in schedule in terms of <laughs> no, I, like I'm, I'm a hater on the Saints, but I actually this, the Falcons and Panthers are worse sure, teams. They're really bad. Um, well, also, I mean, Jameis I, Winston, broken back, has four fractures in his back, running him out there. Uh, seems really bad for him as just a person and the future health of him, I'm sure. Sure. Uh, his post playing career because of what they're putting him through uh, doesn't seem like it's going to be that that great. The way we look at it, how injuries have changed, how they're viewed in the last you know 15, 20 years in the NFL, maybe in the last five, 10 years, really. Uh, they're not set up for sustained success this season. They are not. And they seem to always be a team that's like always up against the cap wise and really struggles to get under every. They're like the franchise that like every year it's like, oh, the Saints are going into the offseason. They're 60 million over the cap, like every yes. offseason, which yes. I, I respect because I respect teams that do go all in or trying to win or really trying and, and really push the limits of that. So I respect that. But they, like you said, they're not set up for long term success at all. And I think it's very possible, maybe not top five. I could definitely see it being a top 10 pick. So this could be a team that maybe not a Super Bowl, but like it's realistic that this could be a team like the Eagles could win a playoff game or two and then have a top 10 pick. Which and then they be... add the best cornerback in the draft or something. Uh... Like that. That's that's a, a realistic path for the Eagles right yes. now. I can't, like I mentioned earlier, this is a two year window with Jalen Hurts' contract. Even if you don't win the season, if you don't win the Super Bowl this year, it can still be a successful season. I think if you want a playoff game or two, I really think that can be it. And if you're one of those teams that one of the final four teams, you go down swinging against Tom Brady. A lot of people have over the last 20 plus years. A lot of people have done that. No shame there, but you're getting a top 10 pick and what a pick in the, you know, 27, 28 range to restock this roster that already seems like one of the deepest ones in the NFL. Because before the season, you were like, well, the Eagles have a great roster. You know, if you're taking away the quarterback equation of it, just saying like purely on all, all the other facets of the game. Now you actually, because of the way Jalen's playing, have to include the quarterback variable in there with the way he's playing and hey, they, they really are. doesn't doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win the Super Bowl this year, but for these next two years, they should be Super Bowl contenders. If Jalen keeps playing this way, which reasonably I, I think is attainable. It wasn't, you know, it's Tua Tagovailoa who again, hats off to him, played an unbelievable game. Six touchdowns is an unsustainable thing. Just inherently game. doesn't mean anything about <laughs> Tua. It's just the, with the nature of the game, but Jalen hurts throwing for 300 passing yards and having two or three total touchdowns, that can certainly be a weekly occurrence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like, you know, roughly 300 total yards every week. I mean, between the rushing yeah. and his passing. So, I mean, he's, again, I, I think last year, I don't know how many games, that's just to get back to Hurst for like a second. I don't know how many games I could look at last year and say the Eagles won this game because of Jalen Hurts. Like they don't win this game without him. I think you could argue, I, I don't even think you, you it's, they don't they can't win either of these first two games that Jalen Hurts is in their quarterback. No. He was that good. He was special for two weeks in a row. So, like to already see that two weeks into the season for him to be one of the reasons, if not the reason, they won two games, 
to me, that speaks volumes about where he has progressed and where he is as quarterback. And as much as I'm excited about that, we talk about championship windows. We talk about the Philadelphia Phillies. And I don't, I say, we say championship window, but like, this looks like a team they just get swept in Atlanta over the weekend, and they look like they completely got outclassed, quite frankly, uh, where they they played the Braves pretty tough for most of the season, but just looked like it. And I know there's, inj- there's you know, injuries piled up, and, and their lineup wasn't the same and all that, and Zach Wheeler's still out. The bullpen's dinged up, but outclassed. Uh, that's simple as that. And if, they, if they're if they in, this, you know, this, this, the scenario they're in right now, um, where we look at the wild card standings, uh, they are – it's two and a half up on Milwaukee, three in the loss column. They do have yeah. a tiebreaker over Milwaukee as well, so that's a factor. So, yeah, they're probably safe to make the playoffs, but... Man, 85%, 85.4% is what baseball references give them as of Tuesday, September 20th, before the night game starts. And that's down. It was like 95% the last time. It was time 96 uh, last week. I'd there you go. Time. So we're like, we're more than 10% down from last week. We're in the end game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I still think that they make the playoffs, but it's Same, like yeah, I mean, it's hard to get excited knowing that like the Braves are probably going to be waiting for them. Like, yeah, I don't they're going to get the so like the way they got, they got swept by the Braves this weekend, they're going to go to Atlanta again and get swept. Not even in, they're in not even going to get a like, game series. Not even get a home playoff game, and it's they're just not so getting weird. a home playoff game sucks. And I get that in any old rules, the Phillies won't even make the the playoffs, given that they're not the number one wild card team. But there's something so disheartening when you look at the Phillies have this 11-year playoff drought. They finally get back, and they're going to go to three games in Atlanta, and they're never going to get a home game because they're probably losing that series. Yeah. It kind of stinks for right. fans, I think. That's why it's, it's, hard it's, for me disheartening. To, it's hard for me to get excited right now because of that. And it's just if, – if they were showing some signs of life, um, you know, if Bryce Harper was – Limping just, in. Yeah. Limping like, into right. the postseason. Literally, limping got, in. Hey, Castellanos, trying the bases. He might play like eight to ten games down the stretch. Great. Um, you know, Reese Hoskins returned to the lineup. Kyle Schwarber had the greatest month of June of any baseball player in the history of the world and just hasn't really done much since. So it's like, I, I don't know where my excitement comes from. I, I don't know how I can get back on board and, and get excited about this team. Cause even if like, I like, I'm with you with the scenario that they're, they're probably going to play the Braves. They're probably not going to get a home game. They're, they're probably going to lose. But at least that they were showing you something right now and exciting you. Maybe you could talk yourself into that. But I can't even get to that super fan optimistic place where I can talk myself into that. I will be a believer when my ass is in a seat in the 400 level for a playoff game. Whether that's in two or three weeks, whether that's in two or three years. That's when I will truly believe in the fans. Because they've given me zero reason to over the last 10 years of my life. Yes. Painful. Like a six, like say you let the 70 years old one seventh of my life. The Phillies have given me zero things to care about. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it, it's hard. It, it, it's, it's, it's hard to be uh, again. Like when I talked about the saints going like they're, they're over the luxury tax. They're doing all they can. They're doing all this great stuff, but to, to see that it's not going to, you're, you know, come to fruition in the fact that like, it's probably going to be a one and done playoff thing. It, it's really disheartening. Uh, Oh, but when they you. when they when they sweep them in Atlanta, this podcast would be like we we always believed in the Phillies. Oh, one hundred percent, because that's yeah. but that's but that's being a fan, right? I mean, that's, that's yeah, the that's, that's, that's the nature of Philadelphia. It's it's, it's like I'm I'm never someone who like like I didn't think Nick Foles was going to be good in the 2017 playoffs. I wanted no to. No one did. 
I wanted to bring Rome out of time. I wanted to sign Colin Kaepernick. I would have done anything, like, see what Nate Sudfield has. And then after they won, someone dug up one of their tweets and like, oh, how do you feel about this now? I'm like, yeah, I'm, you got me. I'm so mad the Eagles won the Super Bowl. And my <laughs> life right. and the life of everyone I know has irrevocably changed forever for the better. I'm so mad that Nick Foles showed me up on that one. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. If it's, Kyle it's, Schrober it's... hits 687 down in Atlanta in three games, I don't think anyone cares that we were saying he hasn't done shit since June. We've talked about Jalen Hurts a lot, and that's fair. But to me, like, I some people might dig up some old tweets and say, like, hey, you were wrong about Jalen Hurts. Cool. Great. I've never been more happy to be wrong in my life. Like, that's how I feel. But you mentioned people digging up old tweets and people being on Twitter and doing stuff. Oh, my God. What a segue. What a segue. (laughs) Oh, my God. Horny on Maine. If I were to look in your Twitter likes right now, Seamus, what would I find? Uh, maybe some like comic book covers, people's reply to me. Um, I don't know. No, maybe some no. Le- left of center political tweets. Yes. To put it mildly. That's so uh, uh, mine would actually probably be pretty similar. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's actually uh, pretty, that, it's, that seems pretty uh, similar right there. Yeah. Well, no, and, you know, and, and typically I feel like Doc Rivers tweets are also mostly just left of center, left of center politics. Tweets, yeah. <laughs> but that was not the case uh the other night and uh doc apparently decided to go on a serial liking tweet of pornographic materials now i have to put on my reporter cap for a minute and let you know that what i was told is that doc rivers account was hacked i actually believe it i and you can all look at me crazy you can all think oh he's just shilling there's no video of this podcast but i am looking at paul crazy (laughs) listen the fact that other people I know that are not Sixers fans and that are on the outside are agreeing with me and can understand that they think he was hacked as well. Because here's where it is. I find it more believable believable that a 60-year-old man did not have very good security on his Twitter account and that someone, whoever it was, because let's face it, Doc Rivers is not the most cuddly guy in the world. Someone just said, you know what? I can get into this. And I just want to embarrass the hell out of this guy. And I think it's funny because the other thing is too, how did they get discovered? Who was at 1230 at night on a Friday, just happened to be scoping through doc rivers likes on Twitter Dude, and saw fucking this. Sixers fans. These are the sickest people but on the planet. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying, I mean it in a very, no, in, a, way, in an affectionate way, of course, but that's, but my point is, is it not extremely feasible that some <laughs> Sixers fan said, Hey, screw doc i'm doing this and just did it just to mess with doc rivers that seems like a very feasible scenario and it's something that's not mali- not super malicious i mean it's not you know it's not right but it's not like they didn't commit any crimes they didn't spread anything awful or you know yeah. retweet something grotesque or anything like this that is a, this is a sex positive podcast <laughs> correct um i i I'll, I'll, yeah i won't even let's leave it at that yeah so like uh, i I want to, because I could be wrong, but in between the pornographic tweets he was liking, it appeared that there were normal basketball tweets or uh, vaguely political tweets that he was liking in there. So that was my thing. But that could also be the person being seven steps ahead, playing eight dimensional chess, saying like, okay, I'm not going to do these all in a row. I'll, I'll go in like this, uh, you but know, what's weird? act blue tweet in between yeah. these, uh, <laughs> pornographic videos. But what's, 
I don't know that for a fact because I didn't see it. I don't know that there was anything. I didn't. I, I woke up to this at, with my, you know, nine month old. Oh, son I saw. I thought it was. Morning. I thought it was a, like a little Photoshop action at first. No, I went and looked. They, sure. they were real. Yeah. No, I, I know. know it was, now, I, I've I yeah. talked to people yeah. who verified it, and it, it was it was real. It happened for sure. Um, but the fact that there was nothing in this guy's past that really had that, and then he just serial liked a bunch of them at. Friday night, like around 1230 at night. And like someone showed me a tweet, like he likes something in 2018 on like tantric massage. And like, look, I don't really have time to explain to you the difference between like tantric massage tweets and porn, straight up porn tweets. But there is a pretty, there's a line there, I feel like. Um, so like you finding that one random tweet from 2018 and those, it just doesn't feel the same to me. So I don't know. I, I'm not saying I 100% like I I, I don't want to give an opinion on what I believe, what I don't believe, but I'm what I'm saying. Yeah, you have is, a standing with the team that you need to match. Like I'm, sure. I'm not and, saying that in a mean way. Like saying, no, no, hey, no, for sure. Part um, of the job. But I, I think it is feasible that he was in fact hacked. I think there is there is stuff that would lead me to believe that that is a thing that could have happened. Do you think anyone on the beat will ask him about that at training camp? Um, Probably ooh. not. I really hope not, because I kind of just like because what's he gonna say? What can you? What can he add to it? You know what I mean? I don't know, but whatever. Just, uh, just I own just, it. <laughs> just own it, pal. I mean, maybe you could just own it. Sure. That would uh, be. Uh, that's probably not even the craziest thing that's happened in the Sixers in the last. Obviously, wow. not the last seven years or whatever. This but isn't our first. Maybe not in the last rodeo. No. <laughs> yeah, this is like a this is a D list Sixers media yeah. slash. This is a Friday night. Scandal. Yeah. <laughs> I want to leave it on this note. I want to talk about the Philadelphia Flyers because, man, the hits just keep on coming. Now we have Sean Couturier with a back issue. Who knows how long he's going to be out. Then we get word that Ryan Ellis, Seamus, I don't know if he's alive. Like, I I don't even know if he exists, if he's a real player anymore. Like, no no team has ever gone 0-82, right? That's never a thing that's happened. We're going to say. Yeah, I mean, to me, like, just embrace the tank, right? Like, what are we doing? Why are we trying? And to I don't want to come off as like a Flyers hater. Like, obviously, the city's better when the sports teams are good. And yes. for me, business-wise, career-wise, all the sports teams doing well is good for me and for my companies and, you know, my brand, whatever. Uh, but it's just – it's so hard to get excited about this team. It's, it's impossible. You know, I made the complex. It's, they are I – don't, I don't want to just make this my refrain every time we have a Flyers discussion, but they are the hockey Jets. They Not the Winnipeg Jets, but the New York Jets. Yes. And it's just hard to, even if you have modicums of excitement where, you know, Carter Hart, the way he played in the 2020 playoffs and that lead up to that run, you're thinking, okay, well, now they haven't had a goalie in 30 years. Now they have a goalie for the next 12 years. Okay, well, now he regresses. And, yes, he's still very young at this point. Things can turn around. And he was really playing, I guess, uh, above what you could have expected realistically for a goalie of his age when he was in, you know, 20, 21 at that, at that time. Uh, but – what's there to get excited about? What, why are you going to a game? You know what I mean? What, what gets you to say? Even with the, even when the Phillies were bad the last couple of years, or I shouldn't say necessarily bad as much as aggravating, at least you were going there to see, hopefully see a Bryce Harper home run, right? That's, that's the ticket. That's what gets you in. That's what gets you in to buy that $150 Nike or majestic Jersey, because you want to wear a Bryce Harper home run, a Bryce Harper Jersey and hit him, watch him hit him run. What is getting you into the Wells Fargo Center to watch Nothing. the Flyers play hockey the next this season? Nothing. Exactly. And it's sad. And that's a shame. It's it's a it shame is. the way this frame we talked about it a couple other times, the way that they were actually the model of sports stability in this town 
for two or three decades. Yeah. They made the playoffs routinely every single year and were competitive every single year. And they traded for, they were the team at the deadline that always, they were like the Dodgers in a sense that like they always made the big trade at the deadline to get the big name guy. Um, they were pretty for good for like their inception. The team started until like 2005. Yeah. That's yeah. There's been some. So that, the lockout now, that this year. Is, that was a, that was a lockout year. This is like the most desperate and sad I, I've been about the Flyers uh, in a very long time, if not ever. Um, but I want to end this on a happy note. This podcast. Let's do and it. So we got Carson Wentz, Washington Commanders, and the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday in in DC. I need your prediction. Hit me. I will be down there. My first, just a season of first for nice. me. My first road game as a media member. Oh, road divisional games never going to be easy. Obviously, Eagles fans are going to say it's, you know, 42 nothing and Carson throws four <laughs> picks. That's not necessarily what's going to happen. Uh, right now, I'll give the Eagles a 31 21. 31 21. I, yeah, I like, like that. If you go double digits, it counts as a confident pick. I think I'm going to do a confident pick. So I'll, I'll go with that right now. My pick this say- week was 38 to seven, which I'm probably the only person who picked that and probably the closest anyone close. to picking the score last night. I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say 27, 20. And I think, I think that's that, fair. I, I think that last touchdown is going to be a garbage one. Like I think they're kind of in control. Most of the game, similar to what happened week two with them in yes, Detroit, correct. where it wasn't, it was not yep. close at all to what the score indicated. Not that the score was super close, but it was, it was more of a three, three score yeah, game than the two score game. Nothing the half time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think something like that, where it's like, yeah, like, like 27, 20 with a late touchdown. And that's going to, and that's going to kind of cap it off. And that's going to cap it off for us on this edition of the Thirsty Dog Strength Faster podcast. I am your co-host, Paul Hudrick, and I am joined by Seamus Clancy. We will be back with you next week recapping the game against Carson Wentz and the Commanders. But please, in the meantime, rate, download, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next week.